This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Why don't we prepare our hearts for the Word today? Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your, your presence. I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit. What a day it has been so far. Literally lives impacted today across all of our campuses. Thank you for what you're doing. Lord, as the pastors began this morning, focusing on Jesus, I thank you. That's what we're going to do now. Speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to take you to an interesting passage of Scripture as I bring you a message that I'm calling Spirited. The Lord started dealing with my heart about this verse about three weeks ago. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 3. says, even though I am not with you in person. This is where it grabbed me, and it's different in all your translations. He says, I am with you in the Spirit. Now, we have a capital Spirit here in the New Living, but at most it's a, a smaller S, lowercase s there. He's saying, I may not be present physically, but I am present in the Spirit realm. Now, he's addressing a very specific uh, alt, uh, problem that's happening in the Corinthian church. There's some sexual perversion that's happening, and he's dealing with it. And he says, now, uh, uh, he said, I may not be there physically, but I'm there. I know what's happening. And as though I were there, I've already passed judgment on this man. He says, I want you to catch this. There's something happening that I know in the Spirit. Now, when we talk about the Spirit, people can get a little kind of, uh, how many of you understand when you say the word Spirit, people get a little spooky sometimes. Or some people get a little flaky sometimes. I'm just going to say that out loud. All right? But if you've ever been into a spirit-filled church and you are in one this morning, or a spirit-led church, there's a couple things you have, you realize. I grew up in a spirit-filled church and here's something I realized very, very, and I need your help with this this morning, uh, very quickly. When you're in a spirit-filled church, you're going to realize that miracles do still happen. Amen. But you're also going to realize that sometimes things are going to get a little out of hand. Some of you don't know, huh? Let me explain it to you. Every time you bring a guest, I can guarantee you things are going to get a little out of hand. All right? How about this? In a spirit-filled church, a spirit-filled sermon can make you feel like the pastor is preaching right at you. Reminds me of one man who came up to me here at this church. He said, Pastor, I'm stuck here. I said, why are you stuck here? He said, because if I left, you'd have nobody to preach at. Come on. Amen. (laughs) And then fourthly, I want you to listen to this because I thought about it very much. When you attend a spirit-filled church, sometimes the Holy Spirit can be blamed for lack of planning and poor stewardship. God never tells you to skip out on your bills. And God, when he truly leads, will always provide. You see, we can have quite spirited services. There can be those moments that I don't get to preach, and thank you that every time I don't get to preach, you always have the pleasure in walking up to me and saying, best sermon we've heard in a while, Pastor. (laughs) But you can have a spirited service, but let me be clear. The Holy Spirit did not come so that we can have goosebumps and shouting services. 
If you think that's the, the, the gamut of the presence of the Holy Spirit, there's a problem. The Holy Spirit came to effectively change our lives and empower us to be the witnesses of Jesus Christ that he's called us to be. But on the other hand, I need you to understand, when the Holy Spirit is welcome, outward manifestations of a response are to be expected. Okay, you don't get what I'm saying. Let me help you. Let's say you show up at home, okay? Patrick, I'm going to pick on you up there. All right, you ready for this? All right, Patrick, you show up at home, and on your doorstep, there is a package, and you open said package. Are you ready for this? And in there, your mortgage on your home has been canceled. Your car loans are wiped out. You have unlimited, his wife's already like, woo, praise God. All right, so Patrick, how are you going to feel when that happens? Is that, are you really going to be like, okay, praise God? What are you going to do if you showed up at your house? You're, like, you're going to go, <laughs> you're looking for Ed McMahon going, this is not real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you might have won $200 million, but okay. No, but no, you're going to be going, when you find that it's real, you're going to be like, my house is paid for. My, my car is paid for. I have every resource. Are, are you just not like me? Maybe you're all debt free. I, I don't know. Let me say it again. You show up at home and your house is paid for. Your cars are all debt free and you have unlimited resources. Mike finally gets it. He's like, glory to God. I get that. I get that. But guess what? We have walked into this place this morning to worship a king who wiped away every debt that we could not pay. He has given us unlimited resources for the kingdom of heaven. That's the kind of God I've come to talk to you about. And when you encounter his presence and his goodness, it's not, well, hallelujah. Can I tell you, I should not tell this story, but I'm going to. When you have to lead with that, you probably shouldn't. But there was one time, Christine and I hey, were visiting a, a church, and, and, and I was just caught up in the moment, and, and the lady was singing very beautifully, may I say, so she was singing the old song, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place, I can feel his mighty power and his grace, can hear the brush of angels' wings, I see glory on his face, and she was just singing it with all of her heart, surely the presence of the Lord, and the next thing I know, an elbow goes in my side, and Christina looks at me, and she just hits me, and I'm like, I'm like, what in the world? She said, do you realize what you just said out loud? I said, what did I say? And it turns out I said what I was thinking. <laughs> Apparently I have that problem. As the woman said, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel it. Apparently somewhere in there, my mind finally caught up with my mouth. And I said, where? <laughs> to which... And I wasn't trying to judge them. I just didn't feel him. Can I tell you, I know him. I have walked into the room as people laying, dying, and grief is in the room. But when he blows into the room, joy is born. 
Probably one of the greatest examples for me, and some of you may have been there with me, but, but when I walk into a place called Magdala, where God is healing people in Israel still today, it's the very stones that Jesus actually stood on when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. When I walked into the chapel of Magdala, the first time I was there, I just, I just looked around and I, I, I said, what in the world? I don't, what am I feeling? And, and as I start looking around, I realize every woman in the room is crying. Every woman in the room is crying, and I'm like, what am I feeling in the room? When we take take groups there today, we can barely get particularly the women to leave the, the room because you're standing on these stones where Jesus did one of the greatest miracles we've talked about for generations, and, and every miracle is great, but, but we're standing in this room, and all of a sudden I realized what I was feeling. I felt the presence of an old familiar friend as I felt the Holy Spirit, and I saw the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and the women are just weeping, and so this, this person who's really not from a spirit-filled background. She says, look, just wait just a minute before you guys start responding. Let me tell you what's happening. She said, we know this is actually where that miracle happened. It's one of the few places in all of Israel that can say, we know this is where this happened. And they said, when you come into this room, we have found that even when we bring, bring the unbelieving Jewish people into this room, the women start crying. The women start, start sobbing. Why? Because so many of them carry a, a hidden struggle, a hidden burden. And it's in this this room that God's still healing the daughters of Israel. And it's in this room. What? Listen to this. She said, particularly they'll start wailing. And we'll, we've realized that when they start wailing, they have a hidden issue of blood in that they have taken the life of their unborn child through a, the act of abortion. And they've carried that shame upon them. But when they walk into the room, the presence of the Holy Spirit touches them and God starts to minister to their spirit and they find Jesus in this room because he's still healing the daughters of Israel in this place. Listen to me today. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. And no one has to conjure it in that environment. He's just there. He's just here. So when I say spirited, here's what I want you to understand. Number one, spirited means to be full of energy, enthusiasm, and determination. Secondly, having a specified character, outlook on life or mood. You can say someone is kind-spirited or mean-spirited, that, that you know what's going to lead them, you know what's going to guide them, that there's full of power, there's full of energy, there's full of life, there's, there's all of these things. And so here's what you have to understand, that if the power of the Holy Spirit is inside of you as he wants to indwell who you are, that the pressures of the world that are trying to cause you to collapse, the pressures of the world that are trying to tell you, give in to the sin that's trying to pull you down. Go back to who you used to be will be met by the integrity of the ship. What I mean by that is when the water can't collapse it, it means the boat has integrity. Why? Because the pressure within is greater than the pressure without. Can I tell you that when you walk in the spirit-filled life, it wasn't given so that you can have goosebumps and you can shout and feel good about yourself when you leave church. The Holy Spirit was given so that you could be so radically changed that you can withstand the pressures of a world that is trying to collapse you and you can walk with integrity no matter where you find yourself. Amen. Sorry. Amen, amen, and amen. You see, God uses our spirits to invade our physical. It's your spirit man that God uses to invade your physical. Now, here's what I need you to understand today, but I, I, I found myself 
being led by the Spirit of God. And I couldn't figure out what this verse was about. And so I end up spending some time with, a, with an older friend, a pastor, who began to sow into my life concerning what God was speaking to him about walking in the power of the Spirit. And I found myself saying, God, what, what are you speaking to me about being present in the Spirit? And I began to realize that, that the world we live in, you need the Holy Spirit. To, to quote my father, he always says this, you mark those people who receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they're the ones who are going to make it. They're the ones who are going to make it. Listen to me. This is important. I wouldn't want to raise children without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you know you have to begin to pray. When my, when my youngest daughter announced that she was going to take her gap year on the streets of, of, uh, Los Angeles, down on the roughest street in Los Angeles, taking care of, uh, of homeless children, I'll tell you, I was thankful for the Holy Spirit. Thankful for the Holy Spirit because daddy knew when to pray, mama knew when to fight, knew when to pray. When you've got a child that's a diabetic and the Holy Spirit wakes you up in the middle of the night and says, go check their sugar now, and they're moments from dying, you'd be thankful for the Holy Spirit. I wasn't always thankful for the Holy Spirit in the life of a parent, though, because I was at one time in my life a little boy who didn't appreciate a parent who was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, my mother would always say this when she would leave home. I've told you this before. She'd say, boys, don't watch that TV show. Now, look, if daddy was home, we were happy because daddy would watch it with us. Come on now, amen. But when mom left, she said, don't watch that show. If we didn't disobey her, when she walked into the house, she came in just as happy, went to the kitchen, made whatever she was going to make. My mom, you can tell, was a great cook. Come on now. Amen. And she, she, she'd just be great. But it was like, because you had to go through the living area where the TV was to get to the kitchen. If, if When she was walking into the house, if we had disobeyed her, we just, you know, we'd already be done. We knew when to get things cleaned up. We knew when she was coming back. We could watch for her. We could cut it off, run up. And she just walked through, and she just walked in her hand and kind of do like this. You might as well start walking toward your room right now. Because the minute that hand went up, she said, boys, go to your room. Why? Because you watched the thing I told you not to watch. And I was like, how did she do that? She said, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. And God tells me how I have to guard you. Never forget one day in 16, 17 years of age, I was upset at somebody and I'm driving way too fast downtown coming Georgia. I come around the curve right in front of Captain D's there going double the speed limit. My little sports car was booking it. And then this little blue light car was booking it right behind me. <laughs> he pulled me over and I was like, oh. but I say thank you living God because God had grace and he had grace and no ticket. Hallelujah. No ticket, no harm, no foul, no need to tell daddy. Come on now. To this day, my dad's asked me one time in my life this question. I walked into the house. He'd been like praying, seeking the face of God. I walked into the house and he just froze. He said, boy, is there anything you need to tell me? No harm, no foul. I said, no, sir, all's good. He said, all right then, amen. But how did he know? 
the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is trying to tell you that sometimes you can't figure everything out in your world in the rational. So you're going to have to learn to walk as a spiritual being in a natural world. But what God is saying is you do the right things in the natural and let God do the supernatural. You do the right things in the natural and let God do the supernatural. You see, we need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need more of God. We need to live in such a way that honors the flow of the Holy Spirit inside of who we are. Is so important, so key to who we are. Now, in John chapter 3, and I, I don't really have the time to read all of this, but I'm going to encourage you all to read this. John 3, 1 through 15. I'm just going to walk you through it really fast. Nicodemus begins to search for the truth. There's something inside of him that wants the truth. So he comes to Jesus and he says, we know that you're real. We know you're true. Now, how does he know that Jesus is real and true? Because of the supernatural, he quotes it, because of the supernatural things we see God doing in you. I want you to stop for just a moment. Look at me very plainly. The way your lost family is going to know that Jesus Christ is real is the supernatural things they see God doing in you. When the family curses are broken, when the strongholds are torn down, they're going to see Jesus through you. I watched that spirit-filled mom struggle through all the things she had to struggle through in life, but I watched her win her family to Christ. How? By being constant in Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit enabling her. Some of you have trouble overcoming moments. And I understand that. And I never want to know the moments that you've had to go through. And I don't want to know the moments that my mother went through. But when you hold your dying siblings in your arm, knowing that one was murdered and, and one was abused and was just simply fleeing from the abuse and, and ended up dead. and I mean, the, the horrible things. Those horrible moments. The devil would come to her in the night and attack her so many times. And then when they weren't attacking her, the, the people in her family that did not yet know Christ would attack just as freely. And they, in their drunken rages, would, would call and attack. But I watched the Spirit of God give her grace. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And so Jesus tells the man, he says, listen. If you want to do right, you've got to be born of water and of spirit. In this region of, of our nation, we have that verse all out of, out of whack. People said that means you've got to be baptized and get saved. That's not what it says. It says you've got to be born physically, and then you've got to learn how to be born spiritually. By allowing Jesus to change your life through the act of salvation, that, watch this, that, that begins to change who you are because you declare Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Are you going to be perfect right after the prayer? No, but it means things are different because you've declared, now I want to embrace the truth because, watch this, to embrace the Spirit, Jesus begins to say, I can tell you all this is true. And then quickly, I want you to go out of this scripture, Jake, as quick as you can. And give me to that, to that next scripture in John chapter 4. In the next chapter, Jesus says it this way. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. 
when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in what? I can't hear you. In what? Truth. Truth. Uh Uh-oh. Can I tell you something? Most of us are allergic to the truth. We don't want to hear it. Some of you are going, oh, I don't know what that means, Pastor. Well, let me explain that to you. There's some things I'm allergic to. Is there anybody in this place, like if there's one object, if it's in a room, I walk in my tongue, blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Anybody got any kind of allergies in your life like that? You get around it? Yeah. And who put nuts in these cookies? Oh, you know, you find out it was your wife, you know, you know you're in trouble, right? No, but, uh, all right, but no, all right. But we all struggle with allergies and things sometimes, things that affect us different. Some people gluten, some people not. These different things, okay? But watch this. I bet you're more allergic to the truth than you are. Mike, since you were so demonstrative earlier, I'm just going to pick on you for a minute. That's awesome. Thank you for being willing vessels. All right. Some of you are like, that's why I'm never sitting on the front row. <laughs> but listen, Mike, I'm sure there's been some times that you have been in intense disfellowship with Judy beside you there. <laughs> and she says something to you that is true but you don't want to hear it. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. And you can respond that way right now, but I'm sure he hasn't always responded that way at home, has he, Judy? She's like, I'm not telling on my husband. I'm not telling on my husband. See, the thing is, if this lady right here says something to me that I don't want to hear, doesn't matter how truthful it is, I, you ever seen those puffer fish? I blow up because I'm allergic to the truth because I might just be wrong if she's right and I know she's right. Not always. (laughs) But most of us are allergic to the truth. But the truth will set you free. But here's what you need to understand. Most of the time it's going to make you miserable first. You got to deal with it. You got to live it. Can I just be blunt with this? Some of us, we don't want to admit the truth about ourselves. <laughs> just tell the same story I told in the last service. It's like the day I walked into the, the skinny jeans store. <laughs> it's going to be cool like these young pastors of ours. The manager just looked at me and said, Sir, we can't help you. <laughs> Truth. Didn't hurt my feelings. I just makes for a great story. The truth. You see, some of you are going to have to realize you're never going to be free and become who God wants you to be as long as you keep believing a lie. And you're trying to believe the truth, but you're skewing it through your abilities, your pain, or your past. Where you're trying to get to. And is that not the whole problem in the beginning of, for humanity? Eve tried to get somewhere that God hadn't called her to get to? In her own path? You're trying to go to places in your life that God doesn't want you to go to. 
You've got it all mapped out. Can I tell you there was never a dream of mine that this church would have six campuses? I don't feel like I adequately pastored this one, much less the others. But God's been working a plan that's beyond our abilities. That's greater than what I had in mind. Can I tell you that God wants to work a plan for your life that is greater than your abilities and greater than your plan and greater than your vision, and he wants to do great things through you. But you're going to have to get honest about things because people will say to me, well, what, what changed from where you wanted, to, where you were to where you are? And I said, I realized I wasn't ready for where I am when I was there. And I had to get honest about some things. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says this. This is what I've been trying to get you to all day. It says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now uh oh, hold on, let me back that up. I don't know if you're with me. Let me help me with this. So we don't look, what's the word there? So we don't look, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. We don't look at, say that way, we don't look at, but rather we fix our gaze on, not at, on, things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. Don't lose a lifetime of integrity over moments of frustration. We look not at our present, but the better way in some versions says we look through. For the things we see now will be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. And this is what I feel like the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me in this passage all those weeks ago. Was, son, get your attention off of and help my people get their attention off of where they are and teach them to begin to look at where I've called them to be, to begin to speak as if things are already moving that direction. Some of you are going, you know what, I realize my family is broken, but I'm not not going to run around and tell everybody how broken my family is. I'm going to begin to call forth in the Spirit of God that there's life and there's hope and there's victory out there for my family. There's joy for my life. You might be addicted, but begin to speak into it. In the name of Jesus Christ, I shall be set free. You might be discouraged, but joy comes to those who wait upon the Lord. Amen? Because He is their strength. But if you focus at, you'll find yourself robbed of joy and peace. Because can I tell you, everybody goes through something sometimes. Everyone does. But we all have the same option to lift up our eyes to the hills from which cometh our help. To look up for our redemption draweth nigh. And someday, there may be days, I love that scripture that says, it seemed as if the enemy would prevail for a season until, say that word with me, until the Ancient of Days shows up. He's always just on the other side of what you can see. So stop focusing. 
Because, watch this, if I say you are my problem, I'm looking at you. If I declare you my problem, I'm looking at you. But the truth tells me that the reason I probably have a problem with you is because I'm not being honest about me. And I'm definitely not looking at him. Come here, Christian. I know you could wipe the floor with your uncle. Don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay my hands on you, though, okay? Now watch this. How dare you? He's like, I will cut you right here. Come on now. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? What have I done? I'm tearing down a relationship. I'm destroying something because I can't see Jesus when I'm this close to you. Stand right there for a minute. And the very hands that were forgiven much took the other servant and threw him against the wall and said, You owe me. You've wronged me. You will pay. Thank you. But when my hands have a hold of someone else, I cannot grab his hand that was nailed to a cross for me. I cannot dwell in the place of attacking others. I must live with heaven in mind. I guess that's about all I have to say. Why don't you stand with me? For we fight not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of darkness, principalities, and rulers in high places. And sometimes, when you're fighting flesh and blood, what you're really trying to do is to fight the God in whose image they're created. Bow your heads in this place. Those of you watching, I'm talking to you just as much as those who are present. Three weeks ago when God gave me this beginning of this message, don't look at, look through. Lift up your eyes upon the Lord. Lift up your eyes. I'm not calling you to complacency. I'm not calling you to a life without an opinion. But I am calling you to the cause of Christ. The greatest cause of the universe. That we whose hands have been stained with sin have found a package wrapped in his blood called grace. And every debt has been forgiven. And who are we to grab our, our brothers and our sisters and tell them you will pay? You are good.
and your mercy endures forever. Somebody needs to pray that with me. Father, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Right here where we are, help us. Those of you watching online while every head's bowed in this place, I want to ask you a simple question. I want to ask you if God's speaking to you through this. Would you just comment there? That's for me. I needed this. There's a reason I'm asking you to do that. It's because you've got to connect in. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, God is speaking to me through this, I would love for you to respond now the same way. Can I see your hand if that's you? God's speaking to you through this. Hands all over this place. Thank you. Father, you've seen us in the natural. Instead of ranting and raging at whatever we're at in our lives, Lord, we're in your house. We're worshiping you. We're magnifying you. Instead of allowing whatever's trying to knock us over on our jobs and our families and our world, we focus upon things not made of this world. Now I ask you, for all who buy into these truths from your word, that grace will fill them and flow through them. Because, Lord, we understand what we will not allow to flow through us will not flow to us. Heal us, O oh God. With every head bowed for just one more moment, this service will be a thing of the past. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've never really looked upon Jesus Christ as my Savior. Maybe you're watching. But today's the day you'd like to give your life to Jesus. You'd like to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. This is it. This is your moment. This is your time. If that's the case, I'd like to see your hand right where you are. So today's the day I want to know Jesus. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. And that your joy will prevail. Thank you that we have something beautiful to look toward. Thank you for the face of Jesus that we worship and adore. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.